You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Excited for another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I always start off with a quick quote, scripture, or something to just kind of throw some knowledge and wisdom out there. This one's fairly simple. The less you respond to negative people, the more peaceful your life becomes. So the less you respond to negative people, the more peaceful your life becomes. So I got a guess, man, we connected last year. We just realized that we connected on the same day last year that we're connecting on in 2021 on the same day. So George Atchingpong. George is a thought leader in the area of finance and entrepreneurship. He's the founder and managing partner of Capital Wise LLC, a financial planning and investment management firm. They work with inspiring and current first-generation millionaires to become legacy leavers for their family. Additionally, he is the founder of Melanin Money, the number one brand for wealth builders of color. We create merchandise, targeted initiatives, and programming with the mission of closing the wealth gap by 10%. Welcome to the show today. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, we were chatting offline and realized that something magical is bound to happen on 7-7 at some point. So we're going keep, to keep rocking with this day. Let's just hope that we don't have to wait a whole year to connect again, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, obviously, you know, real estate entrepreneur is all about, instead of it being just one segment of real estate, it's finance, it's education, it's development, it's multifamily. And that's what we try to cover a whole broad topic of just business, finance, financial literacy. And I know you have a passion around that. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. So tell me your story who you are, how you got to where you're at today, and then we'll just kind of dive into what you're doing. Yeah, man. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. So I'll take you guys back to the hopefully what is a brief journey. So when I was in college, my mom was uh, about to get remarried. And, you know, growing up, I was always the frugal kid. I'm not sure why I would cut grass and, and find ways to get money and I would hold on to it. I would even be the kid that actually loaned, loaned out money to my aunts and uncles in elementary school, believe it or not. And even though I was young, I somehow understood the concept of interest. I just felt like if I was letting you borrow money, you should probably give me a little more back than I gave you, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of my initial introduction to just my passion for personal finance. But really, honestly, it came it came just out of a, a low level awareness that some of the things that were going on in our life were due to lack, right? So I kept hearing the word no. And I know my mom loved me, right? But I kept hearing the word no for certain things. And I was young, but I was able to kind of wrap my head around, well, maybe it's because of this money thing, right? Whenever money gets brought up, there seems to be tension. And so I, not, I never wanted to have a career in personal finance or wealth building or anything like that. I just knew I wanted to learn about it so that that wouldn't be the story for myself and for my you know kids when I had them one day. And so fast forward to college, my mom's about to get remarried and she's like, man, you've always been so good and so frugal with money and you know, I'm coming together with somebody new and I want to make sure that we're, we're on track and we're making good decisions. So, you know, I did at the time what just seemed logical. I got a spreadsheet, old school spreadsheet and asked her what her expenses were, asked her what her income was and got the same information from my stepdad. And then I presented to them what just made sense, right? And I happened to ask a friend who was interning at a financial planning firm at the time. I was interning at Coca-Cola. And I said, hey, is this, is this something like what the guys at your company provide, you know, the families that you guys work with? And he said, I'm going to be honest with you, man. This is better. This is way more detailed. It's, it's way more actionable. And it still didn't register for me that maybe this is something I should pursue. I was like, okay, great. I just wanted to make sure that this makes sense for my mom. So then you fast forward about three more years after the internship was over and it's time to graduate. Graduate in 2009. 
we all know what the, the economy looked like at that time. And so the job I was supposed to have with Coca-Cola kind of blew up in smoke, right? They're like, hey, we can keep you on as an intern, but we really don't have that position right now. And so I started exploring other opportunities because I got a double major in marketing and economics. And so now I was like, I was doing marketing at Coca-Cola. Let's see if I can do anything with this marketing degree that I just got because I wanted to learn a little bit about money. And subsequently, found myself in the financial services industry, fell in love with it uh, over 10 years ago. And that's how we, we got here to where we are today. Man, love it. Love it. So you got in the financial services industry. Obviously, it's a passion for you because we've talked offline before. What do you feel like if you think about a real estate professional or just an entrepreneur in general, if you gave me three nuggets to say, okay, here's how you can start your financial literacy journey, what would that look like? That's a great, great point. The first thing I would do is I would start with what I like to call your wealthy, wealthy declaration. Because a lot of times people are, their judgment or their perception of what they want is clouded by what they see, right? It's like, who's stunning on Instagram? Who has the nicest car? And you don't really know what you want, right? You just are kind of, you know, patterning your dreams after things that you see, which can be a great way to kind of like get started. But at the same token, I feel like a better way is to sit down with yourself and ask yourself, what does happiness mean to me? What does freedom mean to me? What is legacy mean to me, right? Ask yourself those questions. And when you ask yourself those questions, you're going to find two very interesting things. Number one, you're going to find that a lot of the things that define those things for you are things that you can actually start to do now, right? Oftentimes when we hear the word wealth, we think like it's this target 20, 30 years down the road. But if you think about what makes you happy, it might be spending time with your your wife or spending time with your kids or or going out like I, I see you doing, going out and, and firing off the guns, right? <laughs> you don't got to wait 30 years to do that. Right. Yeah. So it's like, see, what you start to realize is, man, my real focus is how can I create a lifestyle that allows me to do more of what I love? So I'm not spending money on things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage everybody to start with that wealthy declaration so they have a true North Star for why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about how much money you accumulate. It's about does this map or align to what matters to me? That's the first thing I would say. That's good, bro. Thank you. The second thing I would say is I would keep your lows high and your highs low. What I mean by that, so the real estate profession, very similar to how I started out in financial services, I was 100% commission, right? It's like I ate what I killed, right? I go out there, if I'm good at what I do, I crush it, which is phenomenal. But I remember like it was yesterday, some in my early months in um, financial services, I had my first air quotes big month, right? I had got a child's 23 and got a check for like 18,000. That might not be a lot of money to some people. But where I come from at 23, $18,000 check was was the decent chunk of change, right? So I got that check and I felt happy, but I hadn't really had too many jobs before then. So when I got that check, I'm thinking, this house gonna keep rolling, right? And so I spent like I got (laughs) $18,000. And next month it was more like $18, right? And so I learned very quickly that, you have to keep your highs low and your lows high. Because imagine if I say, you know what, no matter how much I make, I'm paying myself five grand, no matter what, or three grand, or whatever it is. Then when I get that $18,000 a month and I pay myself that three to five grand, great. But next month, I can still subsequently pay myself the same amount because I didn't go out here and overspend or over leverage myself. So that's a critical thing for anybody who's in a, a situation where your income could fluctuate or vary. Eventually, you want to get to that point where you formally are putting yourself on payroll and all that kind of stuff. But in those beginning phases, that's a way to kind of stay on even keel. So keep your highs low and your lows high. A third nugget that I would say is prioritize putting your money in places that produce cash flow, mm. right? Because I don't care how passionate you are about your business or whatever. The truth is the goal is to live life, 
right? That's the goal. Like in, in our civilization, in our culture, we, we really glare, uh, uh, glorify achievement and working and all that stuff. But the, the reality is if we were really being honest with ourselves. If I said, Hey, I would, I would give you a $2 million check to just be with your family, enjoy your time, live your life, or you can do this business and you know, you might make more money, but you have to do the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what we realized when we were presented with those opportunities, even if it's hypothetical, it's like, man, like if I was presented with a situation where I could actually prioritize being with my kids or being with my mom or being with my family, I would choose that. That just hasn't been my reality, right? So when you start to prioritize cash flow producing assets, now working at some point becomes very optional. And I think a lot of times people think that retirement is predicated upon age or financial independence is predicated upon age. No, it's predicated upon your assets being able to cover your lifestyle. And that can happen, you know, a lot sooner than age 65, right? And and you're probably going to show up even more fulfilled at work or for your business when you know that I can truly do this in a way that, that I care about. And because I'm not worried about the check, right? The check comes is phenomenal, but now it's like, I can truly focus on the area that I want to focus on. I can truly work with the people I want to work with versus compromising your integrity for the way you want to build business. Cause you need a, you need a check, right? Yeah. So Focus on putting your money in cash flow producing assets so that your assets are working harder for you and ultimately producing that paycheck so you no longer have to. Bro, that's a lot of meat on the ball. <laughs> that's a great response, bro. And I think listeners, go back, rewind, listen to that multiple times, write out what he's saying, because there's a lot of wisdom in that, man. I don't want to blow past that. I mean, we got some great stuff to cover, but if we don't cover anything else, that's enough for you to really digest and and, and create a plan around that. When you talk about assets, because, you know, everybody's talking about assets and there's so many experts out there now with social media and Clubhouse. And it's it's getting daunting for the people who are trying to sift through who are who are the true experts. Mm-hmm. I want to dive into that a little bit. What assets do you consider if I were looking to you to say, OK, what can I? OK, I've hit number one and two. Now I want to hit three. What would you give me from a wisdom standpoint on what those assets look like and why should I be evaluating them? That's a great question, man. And you know, my my approach to that answer is, is probably a little more abstract than most people's, but I'll give you the reason why. I like to call it the wealth triangle, right? And the first leg of the wealth triangle is developing a high income skill set, right? Because in order to build assets, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. You yeah. have to get some, you have to get some cash, right? You gotta build up some type of money that you can leverage to buy those assets, right? Yep. So making sure that you're continuing to invest in yourself, not to sound cliche, but investing in yourself, because honestly, that is my biggest asset. Because when I think of the next big play or I can analyze that next deal or opportunity, that's also based upon my investment in myself to have that perspective to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So really leaning into your high income skill set, because what that's going to do is that's going to command more and more value in the marketplace, which is ultimately going to create more capital that allows you to invest in other assets, which we'll talk about. Yep. So the next... The next leg of the wealth triangle is investing in businesses that are scalable, right? That either were in, in, in people use the word scalable loosely, but what I mean by scalable is where people or systems can make you money, right? Yep. Scalable, pretty simple, right? So it's like the, the analogy I like to use if I'm a barber, even if I'm a celebrity barber charging $100 a head, there's only so many heads I can cut in a day, right? But if I have a barber shop, right, and there's eight other people cutting for me, I'm now duplicating myself eight times, right? So investing in a scalable business where people or systems make you money because that's a way to duplicate yourself, right? Like if I own a business that I own but do not have to run, which is key, 
own, but do not have to run from a day-to-day operations standpoint, then that is one of the best assets because people don't realize or they forget that wealth is created through concentration, but it's preserved through diversification. Wow. Say that again. Say that again. (laughs) Wealth is created through concentration, but it's preserved through diversification, right? And what I mean by that, you look at the richest people in the world, Bezos, right? Elon Musk, Zuckerberg, the, the lion's share of their wealth is tied up in what? The company that they built, right? And then, then what do you do? Then you can go out and say, hey, let me, let me put some more money in stocks. Let me put some more money in real estate. But like the business that you own, right? Either that's going to be a business that you build or your high income skill set is strong enough where you can just go out and acquire, but you, you need to have a concentrated effort towards building wealth, yeah. right? And that's, and that's the next thing. So, right, what businesses can I build that are going to perform very positively? Well, what businesses can I acquire? And then the third one is the one that everybody typically comes to me for is, you know, investing in high return assets, right? And so to be specific about what those are, it could be, you know, a well-diversified, you know, portfolio of this of high growth, you know, stocks, you know, in your case, it could be a deal that I think in the real estate world, you guys say you make money when you buy the deal, right? Yep. You know, so making sure that you're buying right when it comes to real estate is going to, you know, produce cash flow and appreciate. I mean, real estate is great in that regard. And, you know, those are the types of things. I mean, there, of course, there's outliers. You know, if you're really savvy and you've gotten the fundamentals in place, you can look at private equity opportunities, you know, as an angel investor, being able to get into like pre-IPO or private companies, very risky, right? You know, probably two in 10 might actually do something, but that can be a small part of your of your nest egg. But yeah, those, those are just a few of the ones that I would think about. Man, I love it, bro. And yeah, I mean, I call it intentional congruency. There's so much wisdom in that. And I've always said, find your craft, find your passion, like really double down and become the best. And the resources will always find you. That's a fact. No matter what, whether you're an athlete, artist, whatever you're doing, if you become the best at anything in your state, your region, you know, wherever you're at, the resources will get to you. And then you take those resources and you diversify yourself in investing in assets and in other businesses. So right. just like LeBron James or any athlete, like you said, right? It's like he's the best in the world at basketball. Let's not forget yep. that. That's his thing. Yeah. Being the best in the world, that thing brought the resources and he can go, you know, buy the the pizza franchise and go buy all this stuff. Same thing with Shaq. Right. So they're a great example of that. They became world class at something. And as a result of that, that gave them the leverage to mm-hmm. attract everything else that they then diversify. But if they just went out at the gate and said, I want to invest in 30 things. Right. Probably would have never gotten enough substantial capital for it to even be meaningful. But they became world class at something, which is why I always say it's built through concentration and preserved through diversification. Man, I love it, bro. We are literally, um, I think I think, <laughs> I think there's a reason why we've connected on the same day a year later because I say the exact same things, but just in a different way. Yeah. And yeah. so when people see like now that my wife and I have 20 companies, they think it all just happened like, man, well, you guys are just doing this and you're doing that. It's like, no, 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 no. We started with one company mm-hmm. and double down. Like I ate sack lunches for two years straight. Because I took the extra income that we were trying to create off these businesses and was investing it so that I could start creating that diversification. So it's just people, you know, they want to jump right to the 20 or right to what LeBron or Shaq is doing. But it's like LeBron and Shaq were shooting balls for many years. Like me in the NFL, I didn't I only got paid to play football one year in my life for 22 years. I did it for free. And it's like I try to really push people to understand, like you you got to be OK with like 
like building it and cooking in the shadows. And then there's going to come a time where you step out front, but this social media world and clubhouse, like everybody wants to run to the stage and be the expert. And it's like, it's okay to just be in the shadows. Right. Right. It's so, honestly a, a better place to be, right? It's like, you can focus. You're not distracted. You don't have people tapping on your shoulder every five seconds, right? It's like the stage will come when the stage is supposed to come. Right. Yeah. But, but until then, stay down. Like, like to your point, I do speaking and all that stuff now, but I've been doing this since 2010, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't on stages in 2010, 2011, 2012, right? You're looking at the refined, been down for a decade version. <laughs> it still has, a you know, plenty of room to grow. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think people compare like the, the results, right? In the current version or the, you know, the chapter 10, as they say, you know, to their chapter one. And it just, that's why comparison is the thief of joy. I have this one quote that I love when it comes to comparison, matter of fact. And the quote is, comparison will neutralize your passion and paralyze your potential. Wow. Right? And so what I mean by that is if I compare myself to someone who I perceive is further ahead, right, it's going to neutralize my passion because I'm like, man, how are they doing How are they doing it this well? I wish I could do it that way. You don't realize they have a whole team. Like, for example, my podcast, when I first started doing it, I was editing my own episodes. Now I send it off. It's all done. The graphics are done. So if you try to compare yourself to year three podcast, George versus year one, you are going to feel like you're being beat, right? So it's Mm -hmm. neutralizing your passion because you don't even know what you're comparing yourself to. And if you compare yourself to someone who you perceive is a little bit further behind than you, it's going to paralyze your potential because all all you're going to do is say, well, as long as I'm a few steps ahead of so-and-so, I'm probably in a good spot. Versus literally focusing on your lane and your zone of genius and having blinders on, you're not going to be worried about what's happening behind you and in front of you. And you're going to really be able to excel. Man, that's good, bro. Yeah. Just, just staying in your lane. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's hard to do because the world is putting so much energy and focus around who the next, whatever. Right. And so everybody wants to be that next, you know, and that's where I've really been able to double down on just looking at my own story. I always tell people, go look in the mirror at the things that you've accomplished. Did you do it overnight? And if you didn't, then what, what's going to change now in your life, right? Whatever that new goal is that you're going to accomplish. If, you know, like, oh, I wanted to go to college and get my PhD. Did you do it overnight? No. Mm-hmm. Well, then why do you think that now you're going to do it overnight? So I always try to push people back to just look in the mirror at their own story and say, what has God done in your life? What did you work for? What did you achieve? And just stay on that path. And that's okay, man. Like, I think the other thing I see with people is when they do achieve something at a high level, they expect that the next venture, next idea, next business is just going to happen just like that one. Yep. And they just want to translate from, well, I'm at the top over here and I just want to go right to that next venture or next category or next space and just be at the top again. It's like, no, you got to go back down to the bottom. Like you did when you transitioned out of Coca-Cola. You were probably one of their potentially really talented young employees that was trying to come on and kill the game. But just like that, it's like, no, man, you got to go to financial world, 1099 commission only start over. The thing is, is that no one like people don't like change because you have to be temporarily incompetent and no one likes to feel incompetent. So that's the real reason why people don't like change. People think that oh, you don't like change because you have to learn a new skill or be in a new environment. You don't like change because probably where you at right, you're at right now, there's something that you know that you do probably pretty well. And in order to change, you have to now learn something new, which means you're going to be temporarily incompetent, right? And people don't like that feeling. But you know, if you want to grow, it's just a necessary right. evil. You know, it's the only it's way. Of course. Yeah, I want to hit wealth triangle. I want to circle back to that, and then we, I want to move on to some other topics. 
I want to finish with, okay, so the wealth triangle is a high income skill set. Mm-hmm. Number two is investing in businesses that are scalable or that you can you know, create passive. You're not trying to run a million different businesses by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can own them, but not run them. And then the third thing is finding those assets that you can invest in and create cash flow. Yep. Yep. And another easy way to remember is too, is the first one is you make you money. The second one is people or systems make you money. And the last one is money makes you money. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love it. So where are you focusing on in your niche as a financial services expert and you've really grown in that space? Like, what would you say, like if someone came to you, are you hitting high net worth individuals? Are you focusing on first time millionaires? Are you focusing on first time people who have created entrepreneurship? Like, what is your niche in that space? So I want my listeners to hear hear about that. Yeah, great question. So you hit kind of like two of them, right? So we're focusing on first generation millionaires who, and we typically over-index on entrepreneurs because their situation is more dynamic, right? So the way that our service model works is when I, since I've been in the industry for 10 years, I was able to kind of really look at how it's done at the highest level with the wealthiest of the wealthy people. But I was like, I've always had a passion, right? For still serving people who, who look like me and, and need this need this help, right? And so I said, how can I bring that level of service to people who maybe aren't wealthy yet, but they maybe have high income? So they're entrepreneurs, they're crushing it, they're bringing in the revenue, but they just haven't like structured the puzzle pieces yet. So we have a model called the financial CEO model. And the best way to explain this actually to probably resonate really well with you as a real estate professional is we look at it like the financial planning process in two steps, right? If you wanted to build your dream home, first thing you would have to do is you have to solicit the help of like an architect, right? Someone who can literally design the blueprint, right? Here's where the walls are and all this stuff. Now, once you have that design, right? You still have to do what? Then find a, a team, a general contractor who's then going to find everybody else who's going to do all the other things. So what I found is that traditional financial planning, they do a really good job of being architects. They don't do the greatest job of being the general contractor and making sure the house even gets built because what good is a blueprint if no one actually builds the house? And so wow. with our firm, what we do is we lead, direct, and coordinate your entire financial dream team. The similar to how a general contractor would make sure and oversee that all of those people are part of the team that are responsible for building the house do their do their job. So, you know, in a financial planning team, you obviously have your CPA, but even within that, that's nuanced, right? Because there's one a person who does tax filing that just makes sure you're okay with the IRS. There's a person that does tax tax planning to make sure that you are mitigating paying unnecessary taxes. And sometimes those aren't always the same people. Sometimes they are, right? And of course, you also have bookkeeping because you have a business. Right. So you have to make sure that those three elements, even if it's facilitated by one person, that those things are happening. Because what I found is if I give my client a financial plan and say, hey, make sure your bookkeeper is doing this, that, and the third, unless I'm involved in coordinating that relationship, I can almost guarantee the client isn't going to know if something doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, if I'm sitting on the same side of the table as my client, when I'm sitting in front of the estate planning attorney, when I'm sitting in front of the business attorney, when I'm sitting in front of the CPA, I can make sure I know the questions to ask that they don't know how to ask. I can make sure that there's no overlap. I can make sure that there's no inefficiency because we're all coordinating on the same page versus it being a disjointed financial plan where your insurance professional is doing something that this person is doing. We make sure that it's ironclad. And so that is what our model is. We really found that people are able to get better results by having that coordination of of professionals versus just having a disjointed financial plan. Wow. I love it. Yeah. And, And I think the key thing of that is a lot of times people have been successful at something else. And then when it comes to their financial literacy, 
they don't want to let people know that they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But it's like, well, you're a great attorney or you're an amazing entrepreneur or you're an amazing athlete or whatever you are that's obviously generating, like you said, the high, the high income skill set. But financial literacy is a beast in itself, like really just setting up these things and creating these structures. And if you're working so much and you're not putting in that same effort to learn, and that's where I was stuck at 22, where I figured out how to you know, create some income from football, but I didn't know how to invest it. I didn't understand it. And you see those same people just, they're not willing to do the right research to put the right team in place and then get it to where, because I always tell people, if you get with someone, anyone, a realtor, attorney, insurance agent, financial, whatever it is, and they tell you, hey, I got it. Let me run with it. That's a red flag because they should be willing to bring you along and say, even if I'm your realtor, here's the CMA. Here's what your house is worth. Here's why it's worth that. Here's why we like actually educating people. Like I love educating my clients because I want them to feel comfortable throughout the process. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you want, you want them to be empowered, right? It's almost like working out in the gym, right? Like if I say, Hey, Hey Terrence, I need a spot, right? Like I believe that I can get it. Right. But there's that reassurance when I know that, Hey, you know, I can, he's going to be there to make sure that I can get that bar up. Right. And it's the same thing. People want to feel empowered. They want to know that you're in their corner. Like, it's not that they want you to do every little nuance, but it's like knowing that someone can oversee. It's almost like, almost like how they say, or back in school when you would uh, submit that paper and you want to get someone else to proofread it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like you're too close to it. You're probably going to overlook some of the mistakes. Right. And it's the same thing with financial planning. Right. We, we want to make sure our clients are empowered. I tell my clients all the time, while I have a decade of knowledge and I can accelerate your learning curve and the mistakes, the truth of the matter is you're not paying me for the technicalities per se of financial planning. Because if you wanted to invest the time to learn, you can go and get the same information I got. What you're paying for is my perspective, my foresight, my speed, and also the accountability of making sure that it gets done, right? Because if you are making six, seven, eight figures or more, you, you know something about something, right? Yeah. So that's, it's not about, we're not questioning your intellect. All we're saying is, do you need that person in your corner who's going to make sure that it gets executed and make sure that it's executed appropriately and involving you at every step of the way so that you, again, if we kind of go back to the original analogy, if I'm the financial CEO and I'm coordinating the financial team, what does that make you? It makes you chairman of the board, right? You still ultimately have the final say so. I'm just running your financial empire for you. You know what I'm saying? But you have the ultimate say so. And so that's kind of how we like to really build out our process because what you would traditionally call that is a family office model or a multifamily office model. But the reality is most of the people that I want to serve, while they might be making six, seven, eight, they don't have 50 million in liquid net worth, right? And that's Mm -hmm. typically what it takes to have that infrastructure. So I've distilled and, and worked this process down for the past seven years. Like how can I make this hyper-efficient and valuable to where we can provide that similar experience before, you know, a much more reasonable cost for my clients. Love it. Love it. So what do you see as the biggest opportunity in the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, that's a, I mean, a a great question. One that everybody wants to know for sure. From my perspective, I I feel like I I see a continued explosion in the e-commerce and just digital marketing space. And so whether you sell digital products or physical products, or if you're just trying to build your own brand, I see a great opportunity to expand your digital footprint. Because at the end of the day, whether you have an email list, a text list, or you have a large following on social media, those all just become distribution channels for the things that you're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about e-commerce or the internet is everybody has your store, if you will, in their pocket. 
right? It used to be you had to go on prime real estate to, to get that visibility, right? You had to go a certain in a certain place in order to get that high-end traffic. Whereas now with the internet and a few targeted advertising, you can get in front of whoever you want to get in front of all the time. So just really expanding that digital footprint. And you know, specifically for like my real estate professionals or service providers, expanding your reach, right? If you're at that point where it does make sense to be able to like build a scalable business, right? Because we are in a service-based model, right? I have a service-based element to my business. Real estate agents have a service-based element to their business. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have the bandwidth capacity and you've mastered being a great realtor or a great advisor, now could be a great time to, to expand that digital footprint, right? Maybe you have a course or a mastermind or a coaching program or some type of subscription service that you can also sell online as an extension or a value add and that that's in alignment with your business. So let's take you know, Terrence, for example, right? Obviously he is absolutely crushing it in real estate and is, is, is building that concentrated wealth through what he's doing. If he wanted to, he doesn't have to, but if he wanted to, obviously I'm sure real estate agents come knocking down your door all the time. Like, Hey man, how are you doing this, man? Yeah. And there's only so many people that you can help. There's only so many people that you're going to bring on your team. But what you could do is package up the however many years of this is how I got here package that thing up in an ebook or a course or whatever. And now you're able to have more impact. And the reason why I like that is because for me, it truly is about impact. There's there only so many people I can serve in a one-on-one capacity. There's only so many homes you can go out and sell. And so you have, you have a scalable business because you have other agents, I'm assuming, that are able to go and go out and impact and, and have reach. But imagine you being able to also couple that with training agents all over the country on your model. Like how did how do we build this behemoth of a thing that we got going on here, right? And so I think there's a great opportunity for that because the digital landscape is only continuing to grow and you need to take up as much of that digital real estate as you possibly can. Wow. Once again, bro, we are aligned. I'm actually, I'm actually getting ready to roll out the online coaching, the ebook, the courses, the whole nine, because I'm trying to keep up with all the people on social media. You know, we just hit a billion in sales in less than eight and a half years with our startup, you know, in, in, in real estate. It's not like we're in Beverly Hills and New York. I mean, we're doing it right here in little old college station. And so now we're getting ready to expand into all 50 states and in 15 countries with EXP. But we keep running into that. Like you said, everybody can't be on my personal team, but I can make an impact. And that's the word that I had to pivot. And thank you for my confirmation that I needed today. So I have a couple of friends that are billionaires. And I don't say that to sound cool because I don't really care whether they're billionaires or they got $10 of their name doesn't matter to me. But they challenged me in the same way you just did. And they said, listen, what you got to do is you got to get to a place where you can make a better impact on people because there's people that are inspired by what you're doing, Terrence. But if you're not giving them the tools to be successful and follow you, then that's where you need to step up. And so you just challenged me with the same thing, man. It's about impact. It's not about selling some online courses. It's not about selling that. Now, that's great if we can benefit financially from that. But at the same time, it's about that impact because that's what's going to be everlasting when I'm dead and gone is how many people I impacted. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stay in contact and make sure we we see that see that thing come to life. And I'm gonna have to get your guidance on expanding this real estate investing arm of what I'm trying to do. So I know you're I the man you. in that regard. So I'm gonna- I got you. Yeah, I got you. Well, maybe what we can do is you. I help you on the real estate. You help me on the digital marketing because I know you got that down. Say less. Let's make it happen, brother. Let's do it. So what are you doing right now to invest in yourself, bro? I think, like you said earlier, I want to hit this topic real quick because. So many times people get glorified for working 90 days straight, 70 hour weeks, and we look up and we're unhealthy, we're exhausted, 
we're not even enjoying it anymore, but it's a ball and chain because we feel like we've created this monster and it just keeps eating away at who we are. Like, what are you doing to invest in yourself to try to make sure you're putting back into your cup? Yeah, great question. So physically, I work out at least four, I'm on a bad week, four days a week. So I'm investing in my physical health. I'm really dialed in on the nutrition side, actually. Like last year, I invested in like the, a macro coach, like really helps me understand how to dial in my nutrition. Cause I was at home, like everybody else eating all the snacks during the pandemic. And I was like, well, <laughs> I gotta, I got, I gotta get this thing back in order. So, so I'm honestly, if I'm being totally honest, I'm probably in the best shape I've been in since probably college, honestly. That's awesome. So that's feeling really good. And then outside of that, I actually just came back from a mastermind in Miami. So I'm always investing in myself to become world-class at what I do. So I, I tapped in with a guy who is doing it at a really high level and got some insight and gems from him, And which is a quick aside. Like people might look at me today and think that, oh, George, like he, he has it all figured out and I can learn from him. I'm still at every turn looking how I can become better, right? Yeah. And that's something that you should always pay attention to. Success leaves clues, right? People you look up to, they're still investing in themselves and pouring themselves to become better. So I just did that from just from like a, a mental and like skill perspective. And honestly, I have what I call a champion's checklist. And every single week, and it's binary, it's no, I had a lot of stuff in my calendar or I was productive. It's there's things that I either is yes or no, right? Did I work out four times this week? Did I hit my macro targets, right? Did I have a date night with the wife? Did I do something for fun that I enjoy that had nothing to do with work, right? And so I have this champion's checklist that kind of like helps me stay accountable because it's very easy to have a packed schedule. I mean, I was so busy. I worked the 90 hours. You look up, well, why is there still so many things that were probably more high impact that you didn't get done? Or why mm -hmm. did you make an excuse to not work out or eat right? But yet you've, you have this jam-packed schedule and it's because you don't have a measuring stick around what looks right, right? So you need to make sure from a spiritual, a mental a physical perspective that all of those boxes are checked, right? Because if you over-index on the business, but your marriage or, or, or family life is a failure, then did you win? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's something I'm committed to. You know, I've only been married for six years. We've been together for 10, but you know, like I have to always make sure that I'm prioritizing my, my wife, right? That's, that's success to me. It's not the, the dollar in the bank account, right? And so that's kind of what I'm doing is just making sure that I'm aware and have a heightened level of self-awareness around, you know, when I'm kind of veering off course. And it's okay to have seasons, right? That you can identify, like I'm going all in on this season, but you got to make sure that it is a season. Yeah. Right. And that you don't make a habit of, you know, not showing up for the kids, not showing up for the family, not showing up for the friends habitually, you know, and just having, trying to have some level of self-awareness and I've set up a system, right. To, to help me with that. Because if I rely on myself to say, am I checking all these boxes? I might miss a box. And that's why I have the champions checklist so that I can, you know, just have a binary system to make sure that I'm hitting those, hitting those marks. Man, I love it. Champions checklist. That's pretty much you're creating key performance indicators for yourself on a week to week basis. Yep. And it's a yes or no. Did I do it or did I not? Right. That's it. And, you know, there's going to be weeks you do it perfectly and there's going to be weeks you, you don't do it perfectly. So I, I love that, man. I love it. That's good. That's a great way to invest in yourself. And just like you said, be able to track that. Yeah, but it'll be consistent. So I had a couple more questions I wanted to run by you. One of the things I want to add to what you said earlier. Yes, people see you as very successful and you are, and I'm proud of you, bro. But like you said, you're still growing, you're still learning, you're still trying to iron sharpening iron, getting better. I mean, look at Kobe and Jordan. They didn't add the fadeaway to their game till years later. That's you know, fact. so it's like if they got to put in new moves and now LeBron has a step back, same thing. It's like it's just a part of the game. Like if you want to keep, because I always say the core of who you are doesn't really change, but you have to evolve. Right. Like you gotta be evolving. 
So that's good, man. Well, last couple of questions. <laughs> isn't, that, uh, isn't that the book, Who Moved the Cheese? Yeah, Who Moved the Cheese? <laughs> yep. Bro, you got to stop doing this, man. I was literally just going to say, what's the book? I wanted to talk about a book. And then you said, and you said the book, but yeah. So tell me about it. If you had a book that you wanted our listeners to read, because I have all my guests bring a book in their mind, it's kind of made an impact in their life as an entrepreneur. What would that book be? Yeah, man. Who won? I can see my office. That's all I got back in these books, but I'd say start with why. It's a Mm -hmm. great book by Simon Sinek. Yeah. I think it's a great book because again, like, you know, sometimes we just, we're starting or we're doing things for the wrong reasons. Right. But like when you start with a why, right, that goes back to that impact. Right. You know, like that really helps you, you know, really refine the reason why you're doing something. And so I really love that book. That's a really great book that I always recommend. One that I read, I think about seven or eight years ago. And so that's a great one. I have a ton of books that I love, but if I had to choose one, that's one that I would say that would be a great book for people to really have that North star, right. For why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Simon's a beast, man. He's a beast. I have one of my favorite quotes from him is there's always problems in business and there's always a solution. You just got to be creative enough to find it. And so I'm always encouraging my team, my director of ops, my staff. Don't just run to the person above you when you have an issue. Like think creatively. How can I create a solution? Right. Because obviously you have processes, but in this game, there's always something that goes outside that process. So be have creative thoughts. Don't just go right to well, if I don't have the answer, let me just call Terrence or call Amber or call Erica or whatever. So no, that's good, man. You know, something that can help with that too, that I realize myself, I try to empower my team. What I do is I, I delegate, I delegate outcomes, not tasks, mm-hmm. right? Because if I delegate a task and you get hung up on the task, then you just, you get stuck. But if I delegate the outcome, right, then you're empowered to say, okay, well, that task or that route didn't get me there. But how can I navigate? Because I know the outcome. It's almost like if you're going on a trip, if I say, hey, we're going to Florida, at the end of the day, there might be a roadblock or something on that path. But you can, because you know the end destination, you can figure out, well, let me see where I can get rerouted and still get there. But if I just handed you, if it was 1994 and I just handed you a paper map and said, hey, this is how you get to where we're going. But the map flew out the window and you never looked up to pay attention to where the end game was. You're not even going to be able to pull over at the gas stations to ask somebody to help you keep going. Because all you were focused on was the next turn. Wow. And so that's why I don't delegate tasks and I delegate outcomes. And I empower you to say, look, how can you get to this outcome? Even if the task or the script, something goes wrong with it, you're not able to do those exact tactics. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. Let's talk about your podcast, man. That's how we got connected. I, I saw your podcast and what you were doing from a digital marketing and from a podcast standpoint. And you were one of my inspirations, bro. Like, I want to give you, I want to make sure I, I pay homage, man. Like, you inspired me to start the podcast. Like I reached out to you, bro. And you responded. And so many times, like, like that's the one thing I want to keep encouraging, not only in this world and our culture, like we, we can help each other. Like it doesn't all, everything doesn't have to be competitive. Like, like you're going to win no matter what, George, cause that's who you are. You're a winner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win no matter what, cause I'm a winner. So why not come together and help each other? And that's what you did for me, bro. You helped me with the, you helped me inspire me to start the podcast. Like we talked before I ever, ever even did a first episode. And now we, you know, I've had it for a couple months and hit 15,000 downloads or something. And it's going good, man. So thank you for that. But let's talk about your podcast because that's, let's talk about, it. I know you may be making a pivot on the vision of it and let's talk through that. Yeah. And before I dive into that really quickly, I just want to also double back and say, you know, I know I, I was encouraging you to, you know, do the the courses and all that stuff too, but I almost slipped my mind. This is one of the best ways to have that impact, right? Like literally getting in front of a microphone and, and, and bringing guests on and sharing your own story and your own gym. So 
you are already having that impact. Those other things are just going to amplify. So just want to give you a kudos on that because we're literally on the podcast. I was like, hey, this is the same thing. Yeah. And and you helped me birth it, bro. You you literally told me you need to start a podcast, bro. Go do it. Go for it. Like you encourage me. And you know why I said that about you in particular? Because, you know, the gift of the Internet is anybody can have a platform. The curse of the Internet is anybody can have a platform. But the reason why I was uniquely inspired for you to start it is because you're actually doing the real work behind the scenes. And I've been in this industry. For, I've been in the financial services industry for 10 years and one of my gifts beyond knowing the finance game is just perception of people, right? I know smoke screens. I know when people are the real deal. And if you don't mind me saying, I know when people are trying to pee in my face and tell me it's raining, right? Yeah. But I knew that you were the real deal. It's evident from the things and the moves that you're making and, and the, the humility that you have in the way that you present that message is a refreshing because a lot of people that are maybe make, making moves at half as great as yours. They're the loudest people in the room and <laughs> want to flex all the time. And every other picture is a picture of a Lamborghini. And it's cool. Like live your life. But I think the I think your path or the way you present it is much more relatable. I just love what you do is what I was Appreciate saying. It. So I know that the world needed to hear your voice. And I'm ex- and I'm ecstatic that you that you're doing what you're doing now. But appreciate that, bro. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. But as far as my podcast, so one of the things I mentioned, we talked a lot about earlier in the podcast was my my firm, right? Which is my flagship business. But a few years ago, and I'm actually wearing some of the merchandise right now. A few years ago, I was like, how can I get the message out even more around just building wealth, right? Namely as a person of color. And so I started an e-commerce brand called Melanin Money. And I wasn't really, didn't set out to make a lot of money with the brand. I just wanted to put some statements and affirmations on shirts and, you know, see where it took me, but it really took off and people really resonated with it. And it got, it, there were times where people were almost confusing, like, was Melanin Money the firm? Like, they, like, cause they just, they saw it everywhere. Right. And so again, me being humble, I'm like, light bulb went off. I was like, I need to do something a little more with Melanin Money besides sell, sell t-shirts. And so what I've decided to do is I've decided to take my podcast and also my financial education community where we, you know, host classes and courses and all that good stuff and roll that all up into the Melanin Money ecosystem. So my podcast will now be called The Melanin Money Show. And it'll be centered around three core pillars, which is entrepreneurship, personal finance, and wealth building. And of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't have uh, Terrence on the show. So we, we haven't gone, we we go live, I think maybe as soon as next week, I believe. So don't be surprised when you get a text or or an email email from me um, having you back on the show. Yeah. Really, really excited about that. So yeah, that's what we have going on with the podcast. Uh, just really trying to make the Melanin Money brand a household name because that is my form of impact, right? My firm, just like your real estate business, it's going to do what it's going to do, right? Like it's, it's solidified. I mean, I'm humble. We're still looking to grow aggressively and all that, but there is there is a niche amount of people that we can help. We can't help everybody, right? But mm-hmm. through the Melanin Money brand, through the podcast, the financial education, and of course the merchandise that sparks conversations, you know, we can really reach and impact a lot of people. So I'm really excited about that pivot and to see where the brand grows. Man, that's big, bro. Proud of you. Like you said, you had two powerful Thanks, things man. going, going, but they were on separate paths. So why not bring it together? That's awesome. Yeah. Fact. So how can people find you, George? Like if they're wanting to look you up, the podcast, the website, just give me, give me all that so that we can make sure that that's in the show notes and make sure people can find you. Yep. Absolutely. So for those who are on social media, I would say my biggest presence is on Instagram. You can find me at George Achenpong Jr. Of course, they're going to link that in the show notes because you might have a little bit of a challenge over time remembering how to spell the last name. And then my web designer actually just updated my personal brand website, which I only created that so that it could be a hub because 
I do have, you know, a few different moving parts. So again, while we have consolidated and concentrated the efforts a little bit, you know, we have some good things going on. I mean, I'm outside of what I do. I'm an angel investor. So you can find my current investments in the portfolio on that website. You can find a little bit about my other non-public facing companies, you know, just places where I'm able to invest or make money that have nothing to do with, you know, my, my, my brand. So you, that can kind of just be a hub and that's georgeatchenpong.com. By the time this episode goes live, I'll make sure that my web designer turns the switch on because it's already done. She just has to reveal it to the public. I would say those are the easiest two places. If you want to cop some merch or learn more about the Melanin Money brand, you can go to melaninmoney.com. But other than that, man, just find me find me in those places. If you're on social media, send me a DM. I'm not one of the, the bougie Instagram folks. I, <laughs> if I see it, I'll, I'll get back to you or just comment on a post. I'll definitely see that because anybody that came by virtue of this podcast is someone that I obviously know cares about personal development and growing themselves. And you're probably someone I would want to connect with anyway. Man, that's great, bro. So final thoughts for our listeners, man. If you want to leave leave that final thought for them, what would that be? Yeah. Final thought is start where you are, do what you can and use what you have. You know, wherever you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Put the blinders on like we talked about earlier in the episode. Stay focused and remember why you're doing this, right? Remember why you're doing this. Remember who you're doing it for because maybe this is the actual final thought, but we truly live in a great world when a man or woman plants a seed for a tree whose shade they'll never sit under. So ask yourself, mm-hmm. what seeds are you planting? Wow. That's great, bro. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I'm inspired by you. Thank you for your, not only inspiration to me, but just for your encouragement and your friendship. And we'll make sure it's not July 7th, 2022 before we talk again, man. Maybe we just put a, re- a recurring reminder on the 7th of every month <laughs> to, to tap in with you. My birthday is actually April 7th. By the way, so. Yeah, we need to do it, bro. Well, thank you again, man. This was a great episode. People are going to get some great nuggets out of it. And appreciate you for being on the show. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed it, man. Talk to you soon. See you soon, brother. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 